Welcome to Hallmarked Up with Mary and Sarah. Welcome to this sort of special episode of Hallmarked Up. We're um, getting into the Valentine's Day spirit. We've got a whole two days to go till the actual day. Mary, of course, is here with us. Hi. And we have a guest who was a returning guest from this Christmas season, Bettina, my college roommate. Hi, thanks for having me back. Oh, no, thanks we're excited. Here. Do you guys have any big, I have no Valentine's Day plans. Do you guys have any? Uh, that would be no. <laughs> <laughs> Mary is married, so maybe she has some plans. I don't know. So I, I have a Valentine. I'm not sure I have Valentine's plans per se, because usually we would like go out to dinner, you know, like go out and do something. And we're clearly not doing that. So there was a conversation along the lines of like, do you want to order food? And it was just like, yeah, sure. So I, I don't know. I think we're kind of playing it by ear. I know. It's supposed no. to be, we're supposed to have snow, maybe. I don't, like, this whole weekend looks real shit, Mary. But it's been really cold here, too. So it's like, yeah, you just want to stay inside and, you know, be under covers and drink. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Maybe I'll walk down to my favorite bakery down the street and pick up something heart shaped. That, that'll be my Valentine's plan. And Oh, that sounds good. Did you get, maybe she didn't send them to you. Did Laura, our real estate yes. agent, send you Valentine's cookies? That's like my that, favorite like, thing I look forward to every box year. Of like adorable little cookies. They're so cute. And, and then Kyle I, and I fought over how many cookies each of us got. Oh, I sat and opened them and ate them all as soon as I got them. <laughs> <laughs> I told him he had to Laura save me one. It. And so he gave me one on the spot. And I was like, you have to save me one more. And then he was like, okay. But then he ate the rest of them and didn't save them. So we decided, like I said, to get into the Valentine spirit. Hopefully, you know, not just be excited about cookies that come from real estate agents, but like maybe some love stories. And nobody does them better than Hallmark or worse, depending on how you view it. So this year we thought we'd check out a couple Valentine movies. And the first one we watched was called Beverly Hills Wedding. And it was starring Brooke D'Orsay. And the guy was... Brendan Penny. And they, of course, are not the stars of the wedding, but uh, Mary will kick us off and tell us what happened in Beverly Hills wedding. All right. So our two main characters are Molly and Corey, but they are not the ones having the Beverly Hills wedding. Oh, no. So the bride and groom are Molly's sister, Sophia, and Corey's brother, Jordan. And so the movie opens with Jordan proposing to Sophia and Molly, who is a wedding photographer, is photographing the proposal kind of stealthily and creepily. And honestly, I think the scene is really creepy. Like, can we all agree it that was scene was creepy? super, super stalker-like. Like, it actually it, looked like a movie where there was someone going to shoot them in the woods. It, yeah. it, was, definitely, it was definitely weird, yeah. And, like, they didn't hear, like, the clicks of the camera either. Like, that wasn't uh, noticeable. <laughs> Yeah, it was well, very I mean, It might be a thing people actually do, like men having someone photograph their proposal, like unbeknownst to the proposed to. Uh, I don't know. You know, Kyle and I decided to get married in the privacy of a living room, so nobody was photographing <laughs> us. But And Bettina and I have, you know, had 10 proposals, so I've only had five <laughs> of mine shot, but, you know, whatever. Right, so right. So it, it might be a thing people do. During this proposal, and it, there's like a little 
flashback to their childhood, I believe. Right, their childhood sweethearts. And to be fair, the fact that Molly photographing the proposal is low-key creepy does kind of set the mood for the rest of the movie, where Molly is low-key or high-key too much for Sophia and Jordan. She was way over the top. And and to be fair, the movie is aware of that. The movie is not, like, pushing a pro-Molly interference narrative. The movie is definitely, like, Molly needs to chill the fuck out. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, to to Hallmark's credit, I think they recognize that, and that's part of the joke, so to speak. I I would argue that it potentially took too long to get there, but I'm sure we'll (laughs) to get her to calm down. But we'll we'll, uh, get there at that point, I'm sure. So, Molly used to go out with Sophia's fiance's brother, Corey. And it's kind of unclear to me exactly why that ended, as it usually is unclear to me in Hallmark movies. It seems to have something with him moving away, but he's since come back. And they're now super awkward in each other's presence. Yeah, but she, of course, is the maid of honor, and he's going to be the best man and they're both way more involved in the planning of the wedding than I think most people's maid of honors and best men are. But that's okay. Right, for sure. Yeah. And she was surprised that he was there too, like that she was that he came back. Like he wouldn't be there because he's the brother. <laughs> right. Right. I, yeah, she was super annoyed with that. And it's like, well, uh, hello. But do people really date like their sisters? boyfriend's brother like is that a thing that happens you know if it ever happens it happens in hallmark you know like it's the most hallmark thing to ever happen bettina is like one of five sisters are any of your sisters married to brothers i have three sisters (laughs) oh i thought you had i thought there was four or more or whatever but anyway there's four total of us Okay. okay um and one of them has brothers no, no, but are they are two of your sisters married to two brothers? No. No. Yeah. I, I just don't know if that's a thing that happens. But you're right, Mary. If it did happen, it would happen in Hallmark. Right. It's it's the most Hallmark thing to happen. So anyways, they're they're, they're gonna start planning the wedding and Molly is really dedicated to being an extremely active part of this wedding planning process apparently their mother has passed away and the promise she made two promises to their mother on her deathbed one of which was to always take care of Sophia and the other was to follow her dreams and her dream is to plan Sophia's wedding so she gets to fulfill both promises so and how would that be like wouldn't you think your dream would be maybe like your own wedding right plan your sister anyway whatever all good keep going So, yeah, there's a lot of vicarious weirdness happening here. So the first weird wedding, well, no, the first weird wedding planning event is really the creepy proposal. The second weird wedding planning event that happens is Molly has booked an appointment to go look at a venue. And for whatever reason, neither Sophia nor Jordan plans to come, but they want Corey to go. Yeah. I thought that was weird, too. Like, why wouldn't they want to go check it out? I just can't imagine planning an appointment to look at wedding venues and not bringing the bride and groom. That even, you know, of course, I always can weigh in on the sort of professional side of this. There is no way, no way in hell. I mean, maybe you would do like a pre-screening as like their actual planner to say 
I have a long list of 10 venues. I want to get it down to three. I'm going to go myself. But if they're related to you, they're definitely coming with you. And what kind right. of bride would say they're not? Like, don't worry. Yeah, I got you, sis. You just you just go hang out with your fiance. You don't need to come look at the venues. I'll just pick it for you. Right. Did they did they say they were busy or something? Like I guess I didn't understand why. I don't think anyone objected in the slightest. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember their them making an excuse for it, but even if they had, quite honestly, at that point, if you're Molly, the sensible thing to do is be like, "Oh, okay, is this a venue you're interested in? If not, let me cancel. If so, let me reschedule for another day because that's the sensible way to do this." Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. It didn't even occur to her to ask if her sister wanted to come, it appeared. Right, and so then Jordan weirdly insists that Corey go because Corey, like, knows the guy at the venue or something and is going to get them a discount or something. I don't know, very unclear. And I really, to Hallmark's credit, they didn't go where I thought they were going to go with that, which was I thought they were going to go in a direction of Molly and Corey showing up together to look at this wedding venue and being assumed to be the bride and groom. Mm. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was a very good prediction. And then they were going to have to pretend that they were because they would have been like, well, who would come to this venue without the real bride and groom? <laughs> so, right, yeah, exactly. I, I, that was actually quite plausible, I would say, Mary, because you wouldn't be like, oh, your sister's the one getting married? Where the hell is she? <laughs> right. It, yeah. To be fair, I do remember. Okay. So when my sister and I were young and neither of us were married or engaged yet. In fact, neither of us had met our future husbands yet. We were on a trip to New York that we went on with a platonic male friend of hers. And she was, for whatever reason, obsessed with going and looking in the expensive jewelry stores. And she's like, guys, I'm going to pretend that I'm engaged to the friend. And then they'll let me try on engagement rings because she was just obsessed with the idea of trying on engagement rings. And I was like, well, what the hell would I be doing here? And she was like, well, you're the maid of honor. And even at the time, I was like, why would the maid of honor be with you when you're trying on engagement rings? But right. So anyway, we'll make that movie a script very shortly. <laughs> there we go. That can be another that can be another movie right there. Um, I, I maybe, actually it's already spinning, Mary. I love it. And, and then yeah. you can go to like Kleinfeld's as well. It'll be a whole big New York wedding thing. I love it. Pretend and wedding. Of and then she, she would actually fall in love with the friend that she was pretending to be engaged to. Yeah. Or, or maybe the jeweler, or you know, th- there's definitely somebody that's gonna be yeah. actually true love. Oh, maybe she... I would fall in love with a friend she was pretending to be engaged to, and then and... she would, yeah, she would fall in love with a jeweler who thinks that she's engaged to someone else. And I see where you're going, Sarah. This is good. Oh my god, <laughs> it's 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 gonna be next year's probably a summer. There's like, don't they do like wedding season or something? It's gotta be one of those seasons. But anyway. This is how we'll know whether or not Hallmark listens to us because if this movie gets made, we'll know Hallmark is listening to us. And if it doesn't, we'll know that they're not because they couldn't not pick this up. Well, that's (laughs) right. And, you know, and if it does get picked up, we will be calling them for our fair share of the profits. Exactly, exactly. Or at Um, least our consultation on the script because, come on, it was our idea, Hallmark. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, Based on true life events of, of Mary. So yeah. then Molly does, to her credit, ask Sophia's permission before doing a thing, which is entering her into a bunch of wedding sweepstakes for free wedding stuff. And Sophia's like, yeah, sure, free stuff, why not? And so she then wins one of these sweepstakes, which is for a free Beverly Hills wedding planned by celebrity wedding planner Terrence Rockefeller. And he apparently spells it the French way, but they pronounce it Rockefeller. 
And then, so once Molly comes to Sophia and Jordan and is like, you guys won the sweepstakes, it's a really tough decision for them to decide that they want to accept this expensive Beverly Hills wedding for free. And I think kind of unrealistic, I think they're kind of unrealistically hesitant about this, to be honest with you, because not that I dream of a Beverly Hills wedding or ever did or anything like that, but I don't think they get what a big deal free is when we're talking about wedding planning. No, I would agree. The the especially if it's legit gonna be in Beverly Hills, like I mean, not that that's like destination wedding central for people, but that would be not cheap. Would be well, my and point. the other thing is, even if they're gonna do it like on their farm, which seems to be what they were planning to do otherwise, I don't think they get that that's not what you spend the money on. Like seriously, the only way to have a really cheap wedding is to not invite anybody. Yes, and that, that's as as a as a single person that attended many a wedding by myself and and helped a lot of people plan their weddings. I always remind them of that. It's like the biggest thing. It's like don't be a bitch about the guests because the biggest amount of money you're going to spend is on food and drink. And if the food right. and drink sucks, people will remember that. <laughs> so so right. if you if you want to not spend a lot of money, don't invite that many people and make the food and drink better. Right. And so they're kind of like, you know, acting like, well, maybe we could just cut corners by having it at home. You're not going to cut that. Like, sure, you might spend a few thousand dollars on a venue that you're going to save. Sure. But your number one ticket item, uh, like your number one price sticker is definitely going to be the catering. Yep. And unless you're just planning on not inviting people, that's that's going to be a large number. And you or, can't just like cut that corner. Food. You or know, or don't have food, sure, but that clearly just doesn't also... that far out, but who would come then? Right, so, so I mean... So yeah. I don't, what I'm saying is I don't think that Jordan and Sophia appreciate what free wedding means and what a good deal that is. Well, and I don't think they really had a good plan either. Like, no. they didn't know what they wanted. Well, Which to is be fine, fair, they did fair. get engaged like five seconds ago and then suddenly yes. they're like full-blown playing their wedding. Exactly, right. exactly. So that was the thing, that was the other thing that made them hesitate over this was the fact that they had just gotten engaged and in order to accept the sweet stakes, they'd have to get married on Valentine's Day, which is like, you know, six weeks away or something. I guess we're in January at this point. So anyways, they accept and they are flying to Beverly Hills with their maid of honor and best man in order to plan the wedding. And so most of the rest of the movie takes place during this planning weekend in Beverly Hills. At which point I stopped taking close notes because basically what happens is Molly keeps escalating her extraness and Sophia and Jordan get increasingly weirded out with Molly increasingly, you know, wanting to run the show. And also she and the wedding planner, Terrence, are very much on the same page about having everything be big and beautiful and over the top. Whereas Sophia and Jordan are increasingly feeling like Uh, this isn't them they want something more simple they want something more at home and like apparently they're willing to spend a large amount of money for that because yeah Um, even even Corey gets a little bit annoyed with her as well like everybody's a bit like that and then remember Mary we were messaging back and forth like they go into this like super 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 stock standard hotel ballroom and Molly, like, loses her shit about how beautiful it is. And it's so not. Like, I have done a million corporate meetings in a ballroom like that. Like, nothing fancy. No character to it at all. Just, like, 
boring. It probably has air walls that breaks it down into like four more spaces. The carpet was typical ballroom carpet, like with the gross pattern that you would never want ever. You know, like it just everything about it screamed extremely stock standard. Even the hotel rooms that they were like, she was saying, this is so beautiful hotel room. It was not a beautiful hotel room. They didn't even get a good set for any of this. And maybe that was the point that she I mean, was the hotel like, rooms were big. They, they were like they full were. ensuite sort of deals, which is fancier than I ever stay in. So, I mean, I'll give them that. But, but well, yeah, the in- wedding venue was like, this is fine. Like, I would be perfectly content to have this be a wedding venue. But it's also not something I'm going to like lose my shit over because it's a dream wedding. It just right. looks like every other hotel ballroom in America. Well, and it was free. So, I well, suppose it's true. And they were from Oregon, so they don't they weren't used to like nice things, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> is Oregon so supposed to be know like the Beverly Hills, right? Right. Right. Like are, are we supposed to believe Oregon is poor or something? Like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They but, did yeah. live in the country, but you know, obviously when we get to the end, it does end up far more beautiful and amazing and lots of character by comparison. But but that's probably the point. But I just thought you would at least make sure that the and you could make the Beverly Hills Hotel be super gaudy and like over the top and disgusting, but to have it just like it was like they went to like the Sheraton in Portland and said, "Can we use your hotel ballroom?" Like it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't anything to write home about at all. Oh well, and then yeah, like Jordan just wasn't impressed with anything. Like whatever they showed him, he was just not going to be happy. <laughs> and then Molly just loved everything. <laughs> Yeah, especially yeah. this this the food. Remember the food sampling? Yeah. Meal? Jordan was kind of weird and kind of a little princess about the food where he was just like, no one we know will eat this. Like <laughs> I, I, I thought he was like I, I couldn't figure out what it was with him as a maybe even as an actor. I just found him a bit off putting the whole entire time. <laughs> yeah, you Sorry. know, I was I was kind of annoyed by him and Molly, like, the whole time. Like, Molly was kind of way over the top, and then Jordan was just kind of, like, always, you know, saying he didn't agree with anything. Like, he was just negative the whole time. The only thing he liked was his jam. Oh, right. (laughs) That he made. The blueberry jam or whatever. Right, and then when he said he wanted beer at the wedding, Molly's like, this isn't a frat party. (laughs) What wedding yeah, does not have beer? Having beer at a wedding, like everybody has beer. That is ridiculous. I, I did. I totally didn't even catch that. Good call, Bettina. Anyway, oh, yeah, so, that that, yeah, that was during the champagne tasting scene. Which yeah. let's talk for a moment about the champagne tasting scene <laughs> because it it merits some discussion. So. They're opening presumably really expensive bottles of champagne. And we know this because the only one they bother naming is a Dom Perignon Rosé, which like, I'm sorry, that's minimum a $200 bottle of champagne. Oh, that's right. That's right. And so what the guy does is he pours them each, you know, like five glasses of five different champagnes, puts them all in front of them and doesn't tell them what's which, and it's just like, taste them. Well, I mean, to be fair, like if I was getting a free wedding... I wouldn't give a shit what they were as long as I liked it the best because somebody else is paying for the Dom Perignon. But and if I ended up picking the cheap one, I would be pretty pissed off. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. But on the other hand, if you're the guy pouring the wine for them, don't you want to be like, look, this, I, I want you to notice the undertones of, yeah. like, truffle oh, that's true. or something. Like, <laughs> he definitely was no skilled sommelier, shall we say. 
Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was just kind of like, here, taste these and let me know what you think. Yeah. And then there's the cake scene and the cake scene there. There was something about how everything was too fancy for Jordan and Jordan's like, no one we know will eat this cake. And I'm kind of thinking, like, who does Jordan know? Because I know people (laughs) with like relatively like bland and simple culinary tastes. But like you put some like fancy ass five tier like delicious shit in front of them and they're not going to not eat it. Right. It's cake. It's Who cake. Who not a cake? Right. right. Especially free, expensive cake. Like, I mean, even if it's not expensive, who who's like, uh, I'm at a wedding and I just really don't think I can have the cake today. <laughs> right. Like, no one. No one. Right. Or, or like, especially, I don't think I can have the cake because it's got, like, a raspberry ganache on it and I've never heard of that. No one says that. That's not a thing. This is not a real objection people have to pastries. Well, I do have to say when I lived in Australia for a really long time, they, and I don't know if it's a British thing or just an Australian thing, I'd have to ask my Brit friends this. They do this thing where you're supposed to take a piece of the cake home with you and it, so as you leave, you get like a tiny little sliver of the cake and it's in like a little box or a little plastic sleeve or something. And you're supposed to sleep with it under your pillow. And it's supposed to, like, bring you good luck. But the cake is always fruitcake. So many of other places eat fruitcake because they think it's good. But as we know in America, we do not think fruitcake is good. (laughs) So so I was always like, you want me to do what? And they're like, oh, no, you take it home. And it, like, means you'll get married soon or something. And so in that instance would be the only time I would say I probably didn't eat the cake because most of their cakes were actual fruit cakes. Interesting. I just want to say that fruitcake notwithstanding this cake discussion has inspired me to while you were talking, Google the hours of the bakery down the street because suddenly <laughs> you, need, you need cake. Suddenly this is now part of my Valentine's Day plans. Back to the wedding planning. That was the so worst back to part. the wedding planning. So there is one other, there are sort of two subplots here. So one is the wedding planning and the increasingly disparate opinions that accompany it of the groom and maid of honor with the bride somewhere in the middle. The other plot that's going on is Molly and Corey slowly falling back in love. But the problem is they're not slowly falling back in love. They're literally going from the sort of people who can't stand to be in the same room together without giving each other the evil eye to one night, the bride and groom are like, you know what, we'd like to spend the night, you know, like, we'd, we'd like to spend this evening by ourselves. If you guys want to do something together, we're just going to hang out, just the two of us. And then all of a sudden, they're like dating again, and they're in love again. And there has been no transition at all. And no time has passed between the last time we saw them on screen, gla- on screen, glaring evilly at each other, like they could. And she, she was a right... She was a right bitch to him for most of the movie. (laughs) Right. I I don't know why suddenly they're happy and they're forgotten all this bitchiness. And and he he was treated really, really poorly through most of the movie by her. Didn't he apologize, though? Like, they had a discussion? Yeah. He apologized for He apologized for leaving. Oh, so she, like, never forgave him for leaving. I thought, right? I, I, that, that yeah, goes, I mean, I think that was part of it, but it did, did still seem like a pretty quick. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, pretty one sided. Totally I didn't really feel them falling in love again. Like that one kind of just didn't. I, I don't think it was a great storyline because I didn't I, I didn't feel it. 
they kind of were supposed to have fallen in love like while they were having dancing lessons, which why would they even have been doing that in the first place? They weren't the ones getting married. Like yeah, that, that's a very good point as well. You know, th- like it was like, oh, the best man and the maid of honor also have to take dancing lessons. And you're like, no, they don't. In fact, they probably shouldn't because the ones that are supposed to look the best are the couple. But I-, I-, I have to admit, I even felt like the bride and groom were like, Maybe it was the fact that they just were not into it. So any, anyway, they have this very... At one point, they're at, what's his name, Terrence's house, where we learn that Terrence is married to a man, which is very exciting. Go Hallmark, with your change of culture. Woo-hoo. And And what happens at their house, Mary? So what happens at their house is that Terrence and his husband have a conversation about how Terrence has kind of lost sight of the goals that he used to have for this sweepstakes and this Valentine's wedding he used to plan every year and that it used to be about the couple and it used to be about love and it used to be about the fact that they had such an amazing wedding and he wanted to give that to other people and now he's made it more about the vendors and the big brand names and the publicity and he really needs to get back to his roots of like caring about love. Yeah so and at one point by this point obviously Molly even has said to Terrence look we all agree this isn't working. We're going back to Oregon. <laughs> it would be they're going back to Hughes, Oregon. <laughs> oh, that's right. Hughes specifically. We're really sorry, Terrence. And 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 Molly's like, I really liked the raspberry filling and the and the I don't know, some sushi thing they were having, but this is obviously too complex for my family and I'm really sorry. So they go back to Oregon. Yeah, and they're at this point just going to pay for their wedding at the farm out of pocket, which they think won't cost much because, again, they don't know how weddings work. Right. Right. And didn't they order rings, too? Like, they already got rings from the free... Oh, from parents. Yeah, from the free rings. Oh, that's right. I mean, they had ordered them. It's not clear that they had gotten them delivered yet at this point, but... But um, That's true. Can we we also talk about the invitation scene? Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, the invitation scene. Oh, Tell us, Bettina. Tell us what happened in the in the invitation scene. Well, so Terrence is showing them these fancy invitations, right? They're like, you know, there's like a lace one and like a pop-up one. Like, they're really nice ones. And then, was it Corey? He's like, uh, can't we just do an evite? <laughs> <laughs> to be like, fair, I have received an evite to a wedding before. Really? Oh, I have, yeah. I never, not an actual wedding. Not anything related to an actual wedding. I mean, like. Like a, the the subsidiaries of said wedding, of course, but not not an actual wedding invite from it. Right, because, yeah, because I've always thought, like, that's the one thing that you do send a paper invitation for is a wedding. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. In that scene, too, so then Jordan, was, you know, didn't like any of them, and then Molly, like, was making fun of them and said we need a, you know, fancy invitation, and then Sophia was just like, yeah, I agree with Molly. That's right. And I like this lace one, right? Yeah. The lace one. Like, the one in the other way, out. Molly crosses a major line in that scene is at some point, Terrence just turns to Molly and he's like, oh, you you have the invite list, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, here it is. And then Sophia and Jordan just look at each other and turn to Molly and they're like, we haven't seen an invite list. Is there that was ridiculous. Yes. I could not even believe they put that in the script. Like, that was so unbelievable that that would even occur. Right. I'm like, where, when does the maid of honor control the guest list? <laughs> Never. Like, so many things have to have gone wrong for that to happen. Like, first of all, clearly Terrence and Molly had communicated about this, which implies that Terrence went not to the bride or groom, but to the maid of honor and was like, could you just, like, throw together a guest list? Like, 
Well, and, 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 a, and a wedding planner would not even do that. Like they would absolutely at least ask the the couple. Right. Well, then, so Molly wrote that um, essay, right, to win the wedding. Oh, and like, yes, they, of course, we missed a very key part. Right. And they kept talking about this essay, but nobody had read it except for Terrence. And it's like, don't you think that she would have shared that with her sister? Oh, that's right. No, nobody ever but learned. She will. But she will. Or someone will. Wait for it. Oh, right, right. We haven't gotten there yet, but... <laughs> so, they so go back to Oregon. Here's Oregon, very specifically, which is, like, beautifully quaint, small town. And I have to admit, we need to talk slightly... This We're going to talk about this for a little while, but who was the woman that was living in her dad's house? That was the aunt. But, like, the aunt, like... His sister, or did we ever, I, I couldn't figure, were they, they weren't together, were they? No, she was family, right? But, but why did the aunt live there? We don't know, right? I don't know. I don't know, so, some people, you know, live with. The, know, he, like, the wife died, and he just was like, hey, my it, sister, or my wife's sister, I need you here because I have daughters and I don't know how to do anything with them or something. Like I, I, in the old times. Did yeah. she actually live there, or was she just visiting all the time? She was. Well, I don't know. I assume she lived there, I have to say. I mean, for what it's worth, some people do, you know, like, live with family members mm-hmm. who are not okay, there. I can understand that, but I just I couldn't figure out how, how she fit in, and I mean, I knew she was the aunt, but I I didn't know if she was, like I, like you said, Bettina, was she just visiting all the time, or did she actually live there? Yeah, I mean, maybe she just, maybe she lived close and just was always there. Yeah, but anyway. It was also I, unclear, she didn't have much of a role in the movie, and so it didn't seem particularly necessary to have her there. I almost kind of wondered if, like, there was a first shoot of the movie where she was the mom, and then they decided that it would, like, add character to have the mom be dead, and so then they rewrote <laughs> it where she was the sister or something. Nice. Sure. That could be. And they so just, anyways, like, so they, overdub calling her aunt all the time. Right. Like, <laughs> it'd be pretty easy to do. We should go back and look at the, like, try to read their lips. No, let's let's actually definitely not do that. Right. Well. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch for that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so they go back to Oregon, and they're planning this wedding that they're apparently going to pay for themselves. And then out of the blue, Terrence turns up again. And says, like, look, do you want to meet? And they're like, well, yeah, you can come to my dad's house. And so Terrence comes to dad's house. And he's like, you know, my husband made me realize what's really important. And, like, I've had this change of heart. And, like, I understand entirely that you guys don't want the whole Beverly Hills thing. And I would still love to plan your wedding for you and have everything paid for right here in Oregon. Doing it the way you want without the fancy cakes and, like, you know, whatever you guys say. The invitations had gone out, though, for the Beverly Hills. Invitations had gone out. And how this is, you know... It's never entirely clear how that's addressed. And I actually, you know, if you're Sophia and Jordan, you got to wonder if that's not like a major consideration in the decision to call off this Beverly Hills wedding anyways, but whatever. Right. So they have the wedding. The wedding is like far more beautiful than it would have been if it was in Beverly Hills, for sure. Right. Oh, yeah. And it's also very rustic, which is really trendy right now because, you know, they've got they have it like in the barn or something and they very the barn of the brothers right yeah because it's their family farm yeah yeah that's right something like that yeah so anyways at some point Corey stands up to give his best man speech and he fucking rips off her speech can we just talk about the fact that he fucking rips off her speech 
<laughs> because does. he literally reads her essay that she turned in for them to read the sweepstakes. And we're supposed to be moved by this instead of being like, what a little plagiarist. But, well, but to, then, to then, be fair, what was she planning to say? I always wondered. Well, to be fair, he did let her finish reading it. <laughs> yeah, so they kind of did their speeches together, and that was like their thing. But it was still kind of like, fuck you, that was her speech. You write your own speech. Right. <laughs> but to, I would also argue that it wasn't like that of me. I don't know. It was, it was good, I guess, but I don't know. Right. I, I don't it, know if it was award winning. Right. To be fair, it's not award winning. It was a deeply mediocre speech. But anyways, I, I do have a story related to best man speeches versus maid of honor speeches. And that was, I, I was my sister's maid of honor. And I, I felt kind of bad for the best man because his speech was like, fine. And then I like, you know, if I do say so myself, knocked mine out of the park. And I think. Uh, Mar- you know. Mary had, and we've talked about this <laughs> several times on the Hallmark Dog podcast. Bettina, Mary had a Hallmark Christmas wedding. Oh, really? I, I was I was married the weekend after Christmas in 2018, and it was in a 19th century library at the German Society of Philadelphia. And so, you know, all wood paneling and classy shit and everything. And it was, it was very nice definitely a Hallmark Christmas wedding. It and was we so- there was a Christmas tree and we decorated with, um, you know, evergreen garland and stuff like that. Yeah, nice. it was very, very. You know what you didn't have, Mary? What? There was no mistletoe. Actually, why did I know just now you were going to say that? There wasn't. And if I recall, I think we might have looked for it and not found it. It's actually really hard to find real mistletoe. I think it is because it's like actually poisonous or something. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe we didn't look for it and somebody vetoed it. I don't know. It seems like the kind of thing that either Kyle or the venue would have said no to. But uh, Maybe it would have been too invasive at their venue. <laughs> yeah, we were allowed to decorate. And we didn't, we didn't have a florist. We, didn't, we did all of the decorating ourselves like my mother made the centerpieces and the pew decorations and then we just had the evergreen garland that my aunt just hung around the library but she um, did a good job though and did, I, still, I still nice have job. one of your centerpieces at my house Mary actually so do I we use it as a Christmas decoration every year <laughs> yeah yeah your mom made me take one of them home and I still it's it sits in my front porch and sometimes I take it out back when it's you know when you're outside and then what I'm in. impressed by is that Kyle's family in California still has them and you know when we're on like Christmas zooms they'll be like oh look do you recognize this and it's like yeah how did you get that home <laughs> from the airplane wow yeah like I, I don't know how they did it but they they did they they got their centerpieces home they were these like for those of you listening who were not at my wedding, they were like <laughs> they were like lanterns that were like a pretty good size, and then inside them were you know fake candles and you know like an evergreen sort of thing going on, and you know they were kind of big. I just can't imagine putting one on a plane, but like they did. Maybe they I just dusted this, like, in their suitcase. <laughs> yeah, I mean if they had room in their suitcases for it. I also have this vision of your family showing you every single week on Zoom calls. <laughs> hey, <laughs> do you notice this? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so and this one actually had a what we would traditionally call an atypical ending, but now is appearing very typical that not only does the wedding end up happily ever after, of course, and Terrence was there and he planned the most beautiful wedding and it was probably actually extremely expensive by the looks of it but exactly what they wanted, Corey and Molly are going to end up together, but he maybe has a job, and she has a job in L.A., and blah, 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 but they're going to make it work. 
Oh, oh, yeah, because we forgot that she's been offered, you know, to show her photos at a gallery in L.A. because Terrence hooked her up. That was sort of a key point. Oh, right. That I guess we forgot. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's going to be showing her work in L.A., which is her other dream, apparently, besides the dream of planning Sophia's wedding. And she and Corey get back together in the very last scene as they are dancing at Sophia and Jordan's wedding. And... You know, she confesses that she is slowly falling back in love with him, and he confesses that he has like is like definitely already completely back in love with her. So yeah, and then it just ended. Like, didn't did it? I felt like it was just like an abrupt ending. I don't know. Did you guys feel that way? I mean, no, but I was ready for it to be over about like an hour and thirty minutes before that. So <laughs> that's very true. I had probably already predicted the ending at least forty minutes before then. So. Yeah, I think we were, it did end abruptly, but, but this, this whole, like, like we said, you know, the old Hallmark would have been like, oh, Corey and Molly are going to get married in, in Beverly Hills and Jordan and Sophia are going to go back to the farm and Terrence is going to pay for all of it and all the parents, and in fact, it's going to be on two separate weekends and everyone will travel between, and it will be amazing. Like, they don't really do that anymore, so... So the the fact that they're just gonna make it work like that. How many movies did we watch this year, Mary? Where that's what happened in the end? Yeah, it, they really have done a sharp turn away from the sudden wedding ending. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like either, you know, that's... five years ago it was a different story. Five years ago, we could have counted on this movie ending with uh, Corey and Molly walking to the altar in Jordan and Sophia's stead. But not so with the new Hallmark where somebody complained about how everybody was getting married too fast to people they barely knew and had been dating for five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Now, I mean, obviously these guys had a backstory, which as How I Met Your Mother reminds us is that you just start where you left off. But often they just like met some dude on the side of the road and they married them by Christmas. <laughs> right. Like, right. This, this one would have made sense if they got married because they had dated before, right? So, yeah, yeah. I agree that they had... Comparatively more sense, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I thought for sure, too, that they were going to take the Beverly Hills wedding that Molly and Corey would be married in Beverly Hills. But that is not what happened. Corey was obviously very against it. It's sort of the... The traditional hallmark would have been Corey would have been like, oh, my God, this is the best. I can't believe that you guys don't like this. Blah, blah, blah. But it was like three against one in most situations. Right. But you're right. That that wraps it up. That's a good bingo. Congratulations. So let's think about our Hallmark bingo. We'll just have to call it bingo. It's a Hallmark Valentine's bingo, potentially. Uh, the cheesiest moments. I, I mean, you can tell we're not massive fans of this. In fact, the more I talk about it, the more I didn't like it. But I, I got it grew on me as as Molly got less and less of a bitch. But it took a really long time for that to get there. So I was ready to switch it off when it was over. But I think that this model, and this would be my biggest critique of Hallmark for this year, I guess, because they have come a long way. I'm not gonna lie, you know, to have a, a married gay couple. However. He was a wedding planner. That's like a little bit stereotypical, but you know, sure, whatever. Sure, but it's also like it counts. It counts. Yeah, it's fine. But I think they need to steer away from. They used to date, and now they absolutely hate each other. Like that is very typical now. That like that's true. That's become a hallmark trope. It didn't used to be, but it's become one. Yes, well, and, and it's... that that was my bingo moment. What about you guys? 
Well, it's not even there, too. It's like them even just meeting people, they get angry right away. There's a lot of anger right away when people meet or re-meet. <laughs> there true. are some very half-assed Pride and Prejudice plots. I was just going to say, it's very really Jane Austen, right? Yeah. To, like, hate them from immediately and then fall in love with them in, like, maybe two weeks later. <laughs> but, I mean, except that Jane Austen, like, gives us a reason for that. True. So there's that. So my bingo moment was that there was a very mediocre speech that was supposed to be really moving. I feel yeah. like frequently in the Christmas movies, we have somebody giving a Christmas speech. You know, if it's one of the royalty movies, then the prince is somehow giving some kind of Christmas a Day dress. speech. Yeah. And he's going to nail it because he's learned the true meaning of Christmas from his new love. Or we have somebody, you know, giving their speech to, like, save the town Christmas tree farm or whatever. And it's very moving because they have learned the meaning of love, which is also the meaning of Christmas or something like that. And it's actually a very mediocre speech. This time the speech was actually talked up through the entire movie because the speech was actually the essay that won her the thing. And everyone's referring to like, it was such a moving essay and it made me believe in love and like all this sort of stuff. And it was it, like, it was fine. But the basic gist of it was like, they're childhood sweethearts and they love each other. Sorry. Right. right. Bettina, what about you? What did you think was the cheesiest part of the movie or typical Hallmark? Um, I'm going to go with, they were roasting marshmallows. Like, mm. every single... Oh my gosh, you're <laughs> Why right. Why did they do that? I don't even remember that now. It was at the engagement party. They went outside and they were roasting marshmallows. And I'm like, why is that in every Hallmark movie? Like, regardless of the season. And this would be, this would have been like in January, right? Because oh. it was like six weeks before the wedding. True. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So, so I don't know if Hallmark has like stock in marshmallows or something, or <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to bring it back for sure. It's like a thing that you do not just while you're camping in summer, but also in winter, I guess. Right. Yeah. I. I mean, I saw it a lot in the Christmas and winter movies. Like they're outside, like roasting marshmallows when it's freezing out. But I mean, at least this one, it looked like it was a little nicer out. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> but I, I totally forgot about that. But you're right. It, it, it'll be interesting to see as the weather gets warmer if we keep roasting marshmallows. <laughs> oh, for sure. Because that's when you actually roast marshmallows is in like the summer. So that would that's make camping. sense. <laughs> that's right. At a camping thing. And what about, Bettina, I'll come back to you first. What about your relate? What's the most relatable thing, the most real moment for you in this movie? Which is going to be a struggle, I would have to say. It actually wasn't for me because <laughs> this is funny. So... I actually won a contest for my sister when we were younger. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> okay. What did you win? That's weirdly um, specific. <laughs> so, um, it was for KB Toy Stores. They had a uh, shopping spree you could win. <laughs> and uh, I signed my sister up as a joke. I don't know how old we were. I was probably like 10, 11, 12. I don't know. We were young. And I signed her up just as a joke. Like, I put her name down. <laughs> And was she older or younger? She's a year younger than me. Okay. Also, it's Brooke. Right. Yeah, Brooke. So then my parents like got the call and they didn't have any idea what it was. And I'm like, oh, I put Brooke's name in for that. She ended up winning this like $500 shopping spree. We got a limo. They took us to the store. It was like on the news. So that's my. Uh... <laughs> that is amazing. What did she buy for $500 at KB Tours? Well, so we bought. This will show my age, too. So we bought the Sega Game Gear, like the portable Sega. Oh, yes. Uh, nice. Back in the day. And then we also bought a bunch and donated it. Like, my mom didn't let us keep all of the $500 worth of toys. 
So we Those did. Bobs can be such bitches when it comes to toys. <laughs> yeah, so we donated some of that. So, but it was fun. Like we got to go around the store and pick out things, and yeah, it was. Oh God, that's, a that's, <laughs> You're a, a local Milwaukee celeb in your childhood. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I was like, I totally have a relatable moment for this movie, even though it's not anything like wedding related. But I, <laughs> I got the contest piece done. <laughs> that's excellent. What about you, Mary? That's a bit okay, hard so act to follow, though. <laughs> I, I actually do have have a thing, but the first I, at first I thought I had one, and then it was like cruelly ripped from my hands because Hallmark did something ridiculous, which was at one point they were talking about putting carnations in the flower arrangement, and Terrence said something like, "No one likes carnations," and I was like, "Yes, that's accurate. That's relatable. Truly, yeah. no one does like carnations." Except then Molly was like wait, I like carnations, you asshole. Not in those words, obviously, because this is Hallmark. And I was like, what the actual fuck, Molly? No one likes carnations. And no. so my relatable moment was ripped from my hands. Oh. Well, yeah, because because um, didn't Corey say, like, I used to give you carnations. Yeah, like, when you're in high school, that's what people give as carnations. Right, because they cost a right, dollar. Like Although, uh, famously, Carrie Bradshaw is a carnation fan. All right, well, you know, it's also the state flower of Ohio, my my homeland. Oh, so, right. you know. Well, did you have another one in that, Mary, or was that your only I did, moment? actually. And this wasn't really a moment. It was more of a theme, I guess. But it actually is true. As much as we've been making fun of Molly for being over the top about this wedding, people get really weird about weddings. And people who are not the bride and groom get really weird about weddings. And I've seen it happen. I'm not going to name names, but I have seen people I'm related to do it. Um People really? get really weird and controlling about like families' weddings. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I'm sure that's true. I I've been through a lot of them, and probably the biggest thing I learned is that if I ever do get married, people won't even know that's what's happening until like the moment it's happening. Well, <laughs> so, I mean, I had the luxury of most of my family was out of state, and so they were like, "Oh, we'll help in any way that you can," but you know, we're over here, and I'm like, "Oh, you know, we're good. We got it covered." But like. So, you know, we, I, I can't complain about my family's interference in my wedding, but I have seen it in other weddings in my family where somebody stepped like way out of line and went kind of bridezilla, but was not the bride. See, I've never seen that. So I have three sisters. They all got married. I didn't, you know, I'm like, you guys can plan your own weddings. I will be a part of it. Like I never saw anybody like step in or anything. So that was, I didn't understand that, but I guess it's a thing. There is something about weddings that brings out this really weird side of people because people just have these really set ideas of how they're supposed to be, especially with their own weddings, but even with weddings that aren't theirs. And people get very, very weird about them. Well, that actually brings me to my relatable moment. And I did have something else, but this just actually reminded me of how I sort of had a, a Molly-esque ish moment but it was in relation to the bride so i was in australia a really good friend of mine was getting married and she had like asked me to help her plan it and the reason i knew this woman was because she was a very she went to college with my ex-boyfriend but we still remained like really good friends even after we broke up and at the time i was like <laughs> dating like kind of two guys and so she was like, we were talking about like who I would bring. And I was like, well, this guy would be more fun, but this is the one that I'm like a bit more serious. It was like a really kind of like Ted Mosby kind of situation, you know, which, which one do I pick, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. 
and and we we, we used to walk or walk around like the botanic gardens together like every Wednesday night and so we were doing this for weeks like talking about deciding wedding things where we walked and then like talking about who I would bring and blah 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 well then the wedding invitations come and I was invited by myself I was like uh by myself with no date oh okay and that to be fair is a thing in Australia like if you don't have a person that's for your for real person they don't invite you let you bring someone like i mean i've known americans to do that too and there's a reason and that's because you have to pay for every person who eats at the wedding it's fucking expensive yeah correct but my thing was that and guest correct i did not get and guest even though we talked about who i would bring so then i realized that the only people besides the bride and groom i was gonna know at the wedding was my ex-boyfriend and his new girlfriend, who was my friend, <laughs> or former friend. So I was like, uh, I don't think I'm going to come to your wedding. Because I just would have rather you not invited me if you knew that the only people I was going to know was your ex-boyfriend. Like, who, I, I, and maybe I was being a bitch, but I just was like, I will be super uncomfortable. I'm not willing to sit at that table with only my ex-boyfriend and his new girlfriend at the table with us that I know. And so I just was like, no, I'm not going to come. And she never spoke to me again. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And in fact, I bought them like, I still sent them a present because obviously I'm not a total bitch. And um, they had just bought a house in like a particular part of town in Melbourne. And I bought them like some old historic photos of that part of town, exactly where they lived actually on their street. And then I also got them, they were really big Nick Cave fans. He's an Australian uh, singer songwriter. And Nick Cave was doing a play at my theater. And this was like, it was free. So that's why I bought them something else. But I got them like opening night tickets to that show. And they came to the show and I was there because it was opening night, obviously. And um, Nick Cave was there, too. And they were super excited to be invited to be at that. But her husband came and found me and she wouldn't come up to us and talk to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So, so petty. So she wouldn't even like let you bring somebody after you said that it would be uncomfortable? Correct. Wow. Correct. She actually, and I wrote her that in an email because I thought it was a super uncomfortable conversation to have. Yeah. And she, I n- never heard back at all. Wow. Wow. I and I and that was like far out. How old am I now? That was like at least fifteen years ago. I have no idea where she is right now. She might not even be married anymore. For all I know, I don't know. That could be. Yeah. Anyway, I actually knew someone who fell out with someone over. Not be, not getting an and guest invitation to a wedding, so yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I don't know. Like, had I been, if it was like a whole bunch of, I've gone to plenty of weddings by myself, especially in Australia, because they don't. That's not a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, but there would be like a table of all our friends from college that were all there together, and that's fine. Or all my friends that worked on that thing together, and we we're all there, and that's fine. Like, you know, yeah. like I, I, we would even rent houses together because they were almost always destination weddings. We'd all go up in a big group, and you know, like that was fine. But this was like legit. Only my ex boyfriend was gonna be there. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> like, I just was like, I'm not doing that. I, I just don't want to do that. And I would rather not come than be super uncomfortable and be like, hey, guys, how's your new relationship going? Great. <laughs> I'm good. 
here by myself. There could have been like a cute single guy there. Like maybe you missed your chance. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. I, I probably blew it entirely. And that guy's like super rich and famous now or something. And I could have sat next to him at her wedding and I fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. That's another like Ted Bo- Mosby moment. Like if you would have just gone, you would have met the guy. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. It would have been the bass player in the band. Fuck. I totally screwed it up. Okay. Okay. New Hallmark movie. The same thing. The same wedding happens with three different scenarios. One is what actually happened, where you didn't go and um, your friend never spoke to you again. The second one is where she let you bring one of your boyfriends, and you brought like the fun one, and you realized that like I, I don't know, you were doing everything wrong because he, you know, did a strip tease on the table or something, and oh, that made guy you rethink totally your life decisions. That. He absolutely would have done that. That guy. So yeah, that's perfect. The third scenario, okay, there are going to be four scenarios. The third scenario is you brought the other guy and you realized, I don't know, like how deeply you were in love with him and you ended up marrying him. The fourth scenario is you met the bass player of the band and you dumped both the guys and married him. And this is a Hallmark movie. And now, like, you're living one of these scenarios and you go back and you have to decide which one was the best scenario. I love it. it. I would totally watch that one. (laughs) That is a great concept. I really, we should write that one, Mary, for sure. That yeah, would be- it'd be it'd be a good movie. It would be called Four Weddings and a Funeral because in one of those scenarios someone dies. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like oh, that those- We have to make that one. So. Obviously, this movie was not great. And in fact, I do want to add, and you know, we can we'll talk a bit more about this. I pulled up the reviews, and there is not a single one that liked it. Like they all hate it. That's unusual for Hallmark. No, yeah. I saw some people liked it. I read some reviews where people liked it, and they said the chemistry was good. I thought, hold on. So this one says, was it the writing? It's a no, disappointed, not that thrilled, complete miss, entertaining to a point. I wish I had read the reviews. Not my favorite. Here's an odd one out. Perfect love. Dissatisfied, disappointment. What? Beverly Hills writing. I liked it. (laughs) Wanted to like it more. Blah. Hmm. Also meh. Sad but true. Yeah, so maybe further down the track they liked it. Somebody, they just put, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, what? But I, I guess I'm really curious about the Hallmark viewer who, I'm sorry, Bettina, I know that you're actually a fan and no offense is intended here, but I genuinely don't think I understand the Hallmark viewer who watches a lot of the other crap that we watched this Christmas and was like, oh my gosh, this was great. And then watches this and it's like, what total crap? Like, it's well, just not that different. So I like Hallmark movies, but I don't, it's not that they're like great, like fantastic movies. Like there's, they're few and far between where you find good ones. Like it's just, it's kind of amusing. Like I do it more for the amusement. Like there's always like a, a set formula too, right? Like, you know, at an hour and a half into the movie, there's a, some sort of misunderstanding. And then (laughs) it is very predictable. And there's something, I guess, kind of like, so do you think this one was less of a crowd pleaser because it did depart from that formula and because 
the arguably main plot was not the love story. It was the Molly getting extra about her sister's wedding subplot. That could be. Yeah. Because, again, I didn't feel like the the love story as much in this one. That's true. Though, to be fair, I don't feel the love story in any of them. Yeah. Like... (laughs) She was just really awful and, and like, all so over the top, like, even for Hallmark. Like, we right. got it. You're mad at him. <laughs> like, well, like, I found myself annoyed through this movie, and I'm usually not annoyed. Like, I can usually get through the movies because I'm like, there, you know, there's funny things, whatever. But, like, I was just more annoyed through this one. <laughs> and I thought and she- I liked it far more than I did the more that I, like, talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I so thought I, never, I, I liked, like, the last 20 minutes, and that's about it. I, I never liked it, but one thing I will say to this movie's credit is that it was less boring than usual precisely because it did not follow the Christmas formula that I'm so used to. So for me, that was a plus. But I think what we're learning is that for our typical Hallmark viewer who leaves reviews on the app anyways, maybe that's a drawback. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Maybe they're not so into that. I think, too, it has to do with the actors in it. Like, there's if there's a movie that I really like the actors, like, I'm going to like it a lot more. Like, I didn't really care for the actors in this one. So I think that kind of feeds into it, too. And, you know, I think I underestimate the importance of that. My mother will always comment, because my mother actually likes Hallmark movies. So she'll always comment on, you know, I really like this actor. I really don't like that actor or whatever. And I've never heard of most of these actors. And she couldn't name them either. But she recognizes them from other Hallmark movies. And there are some that she likes and wants to see more of. Right. Like, I have a list now. I can tell you, like, which ones I like. And I will watch all their movies and I like them. But, like, this Molly, what's her name? Brooke? Brooke Brooke Yeah, like, she's not my favorite, so I think that kind of plays into why I didn't really care for the movie. (laughs) We've talked a little bit about how we would rewrite this, and uh, one thing that we thought is a potential change, of course, is, like, it's, well, I mean, to be fair, this movie is full of drama, but we want to step it up and have it not necessarily be all about Molly, potentially, and so we have this idea about the rings, in particular, and how the rings could potentially play a bigger part in this show. And so we probably would start the movie off in the very similar vein. They won this thing, blah, blah, blah. They go to Beverly Hills, and then they're going to go shopping for rings. And um, Bettina pointed out that nobody actually goes to the ring shopping because that's when they stop Molly from getting involved, (laughs) (laughs) which is pretty far into the piece, and I forgot that. So they're going to go to the ring shopping. And before we turn up at the jewelers or whatever, we think that either like Lisa Rinna is probably my choice, or maybe Lisa Vanderpump, or maybe even Camille Grammer is at, although I don't know if any of those women are divorced. Whoops, I just realized that, which could be very key. Well, for the case, some Beverly Hills housewife who is recognizable in like a cameo capacity. Correct. And, and to be fair, I would bet all three of those women have been married more than once. So it could, it could be not any number of their previous writings. So they go to the jeweler and we'll just call her Lisa Rinna for the sake of it. She goes in there and she's like, oh my God, I have to sell these rings. They brought me such bad luck and I need to sell them. And so she sells them to the jeweler. And then after that, Jordan and... Corey and Sophia and Molly all turn up and maybe even Molly 
finds those ones and says, what about these? Yeah, like maybe they're still on the counter. Yeah, exactly. And so they, and Molly's like, oh, I love these. And, you know, most of the movies, Sophia's been really passive anyway. So maybe Sophia's like, yeah, those are okay. And maybe Jordan is like a little bit more into them. And so they go back and they buy those ones. And, but lo and behold, they have no idea that these rings are going to be cursed. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Exactly. So, but Molly is, like, secretly, like, oh, I love that ring. Why did I tell my sister to buy that ring? I should have got it for myself, even though I'm not getting married anytime soon, because I hate that guy, Corey. He's such a dick. And she, but she, in one of these, like, really typical, like, looking in the mirror kind of scenes in the bathroom or something of her hotel room, she's just like, if I just try it on for, like, just a minute, nothing bad could come of that, right? And and then Jordan is having a similar moment where he's like, oh, I'm getting married very soon and I got to try this on. I just want to try it on and see what it looks like. Well, boom, like the magic happens. Molly's got the ring on. Jordan's got the ring on. And suddenly she's like, oh, this is all wrong. And she puts it back in the box and he's like, oh, this is, you know. But obviously something has happened like Freaky Friday kind of effects. And, and so, well, and I think at this point we should get kind of like a flashback to the curse. I think we should get the conditions of the curse in bits and pieces and various ooh, flashbacks throughout the movie. That's very and here true. we get the first part of the curse that, like, you know, two people wearing these rings at the same time are cursed to love each other but unhappily. Well, and yeah. do you think that they can take the rings off once they put them on? Like, they can't get them off until the oh, curse is lifted. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, that could add an extra layer. That yeah. is an additional layer to the curse that could be good. <laughs> and they try and then, everything, like soap and shampoo and butter and all those typical things, too. And in nothing. the meantime, they have to walk around wearing, like, gloves and just, like, being cool about the fact that they're wearing wedding rings and they shouldn't be. And, and they're not really married. Yeah, I, I like that we're going to learn about what, what went wrong with Lisa Rinna's wedding, you know, husband and blah, 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 and all this really bad shit. That's cool. And then Corey is going to be the one, we think, to, like, really save the day and get to the bottom of it. So he's like, something is wrong. I love her. She doesn't love me. Because what what we're realizing in the curse is that this has caused Jordan to fall madly in love with Molly instead of Sophia. Mm -hmm. And that is a very big problem, obviously, for obvious reasons. So Molly's job is to keep Sophia away from Jordan for as long as possible so she can't figure this out. And Corey's job is to get to the bottom of what the fuck just happened with the rings. And, of course, he's able to put that together very quickly, that it must be a curse on the rings than anything else. Because it's the only explanation. (laughs) That's right. It's the only explanation. So over several scenes, and who knows where all this could go, Corey figures it out, and he is able to go back to the jeweler and say, you know, where did these come from? Because I think there's a powerful curse on the rings. <laughs> and so, of course, the jeweler is like, well, I didn't want to tell you this, but Lisa Marino was in here the other day and she said, fuck these rings. I don't ever want to see them again. And, you know, we need to get rid of them and, you know, damn the people that buy these or something like that. And then Corey, like, immediately needs to figure out how to find Lisa Rinna. And and that's a whole other plot line about his struggle to find Lisa Rinna while Molly's, like, trying to keep Sophia busy with, like, 
crazy pampering scenes and shit like that. So how does... What happens when Corey finally finds Lisa Rinna? This is where I'm a bit stuck. How do we unbreak the curse? Or break the curse, I guess, as it may be. So I think that Uh he begs her to tell him the conditions of the curse so that she'll know how to... So that he'll know how to break it. So he explains what's happening, and he's like, these two people I love are stuck in this awful curse and it was never supposed to be this way and now four people are very unhappy because of this and she's kind of like oh my god what have I done and then there's like this really dramatic moment where she's like hand to her forehead like should I tell him or should I not tell him is like my revenge worth it or is my revenge being wreaked upon the innocents and like so on and so forth then she finally turns to him and she's like fine here it is she's like in order to break the curse you need one of them to fall in love with someone else and for both parties to enjoy roasting marshmallows in the winter and carnations. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I because, love it. And, and because her and her husband despised those, or maybe like she loved them, but her husband hated them. No, um, nobody likes carnations. That's not a real thing. Nobody but Molly and... And Corey, and like think, And I think Lisa Rinna, or maybe maybe her husband bought her those ones gotcha. and she hated them. And she also was like camping. Fuck that. I'm not having marshmallows. I don't know. Like, it's definitely some right. disagreement that they that had. She saw as two, like, un-Beverly Hills for her and that she yeah. thinks, like, ruined her marriage or something. Yeah. She was like, where's the creme brulee, bitch? I don't want these marshmallows. <laughs> In fact, that, I think there will be a really... T- touching moment if I could describe it as that where she's obviously distraught at him getting it so wrong the marshmallows and the carnations like we see the like we see a flashback of it yeah and she is like I don't know throwing things which would be a truly a show of real housewives of Beverly Hills and you know just like in fact, it would be awesome if it could be actually cut from the real housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> just like losing her shit over marshmallows and carnations. But that's right. And then, and Corey's like, oh, this is fantastic because she loves marshmallows and carnations. Right? Like, what are the odds? <laughs> that's right. So he knows exactly what to do to, to fix the curse. But what about... What needs to happen with the rings? So he, he obviously rushes to like set up the campfire and he buys the carnations and he gets Molly there. And Does, then he can he confesses his love for her. Right. And then that's and when the ring the, magically slides off. Yeah, I'm then sorry, she can take I think the he ring. He confesses off. his love to her around a campfire with marshmallows yeah. and gives her a carnation. Yes, of course. It's all yeah. a part of the package. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then, then, then she was like, "But I have this stupid ring," and I, and then she pulls it off, and she's like, "Oh my god, it's it's off." Right, and then we see Jordan and Sophia come into the picture too, and now Jordan is back in love with with Sophia, <laughs> and 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 Sophia's like, "Molly, what are you doing with my ring? I thought that was in my room," and she's like, "Oh, <laughs> I was just having it cleaned for you. Here it is," and then. <laughs> maybe all of this montage shit is them figuring out that they actually need to go back to Hughes and get married there and they have a double wedding oh, okay. oh my gosh I love it in the barn. <laughs> throwback to the BBC Pride and Prejudice that's right double wedding in the barn 
and it's like the most and Terrence is there and Terrence and his husband renew their vows at the same place. Nice. But they they get different rings though, like they don't touch oh, those yeah. rings. Oh they don't want any of those rings anymore. But actually all of the rings match now. Okay. But then I feel like we can set up for a sequel then so then they like get rid of the rings but then someone else don't... has them. Yes. <laughs> uh, they they are like we better take these back to the jeweler where they came from. Right. And then another unbeknownst couple walks in and they're like, what about those ones? <laughs> and then... Oh, no. oh, set up for the sequel. Yes. Yeah. And, then the, and then there's ominous music. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's done. Yeah. I like it. But we did think this needed a new name because it doesn't really go with Beverly Hills. Like, this movie sounds fucking great. I want to watch it. <laughs> I'm just throwing this out there. Just throwing this hat into the naming pool so to speak i'm mixing metaphors i don't care the lady of the rings i i think that's amazing and and it's got a picture of lisa rinna on the on the poster for sure <laughs> and then the like tagline on the poster is two rings to rule them all this is way better than the movie we just watched you don't you don't <laughs> want really it to is. say like two rings to fall in love or <laughs> oh man we could make up a whole rhyme here couldn't we Maybe the sequel will be called The Relationship of the Rings. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the Lady of the Ring, wedding. Relationship of the Rings. Yeah. Well, then you gotta do a trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Exactly. The Return of the Wedding Planner. <laughs> the Return of Terrence. Yes. There you go. <laughs> the Return of the Rinna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And she will come back, and that will be her wedding in the last one. There you go. Oh, my God. We got, Perfect. We, this is great. This is absolute <laughs> brilliance right here. And once again, at Hallmark Up, we have done it again. <laughs> we have done it again, folks. We have done it again. The Lady of the Rings, the Lady of the Rings, the Relationship of the Rings, and the Lady of the Rings, Return of the Rinna. Love coming it. to a Hallmark Channel near you. However, I feel yeah, like I had to be on the Movies and Mysteries channel. Yeah. I was just going to say that, yeah, it can't be on the regular Hallmark. It's got to be the Mysteries. Yeah. Oh I'm going to admit, I googled Lisa Rinna as we were having this conversation, because I don't know who she is. She's most famous, I think, now for Be- Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but she was uh, on um, Days of Our Lives. Like, gotcha. we were watching Days in College. Yeah, she was on there a while ago. <laughs> All right, so do we want a tagline for these, or we'll come up with that later? Because <laughs> uh, they do have, like, I just was looking them up. One ring to rule them all. Fate has chosen him. A fellowship will protect him. Well, but the rhyme they used was one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to something, and in the darkness bind them. Well, it's gotta uh, have, find the rhyme. Maybe we could have, like, an Elijah Wood cameo. That might be a bit expensive. Oh, hang on. I might have found it now. Here we go. One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness bind them. That actually kind of goes with this, but it would have to be two. Two rings to find, two rings to rule them all, two rings to find them, two rings to bring all four, and in the darkness bind them. Yes. I think that works. It definitely works. Yeah. All right, well, let's quickly talk about, before it gets too late here... Although this has been a very good episode, ladies. Been fun. <laughs> yeah, thank you for thank you for joining us. Let's oh, take sure. a look at what we've got coming up here. 
I think we do know what some of these are about, about though. That's the problem. So the yeah. premieres, we know what they're about. So let's go into ones that are not premieres. I don't watch the Valentine's one, so I won't know anything about these. But let's take a guess about, here's a few randoms. Love in store, matching hearts, my secret Valentine, or Valentine's again. What do you think they might be about? One of them, all of them, whatever. I mean, my secret Valentine could be like a stalker movie thriller. <laughs> Ooh, yes, that sounds good. This one actually, just to help, stars Andrew Walker and Lacey Chabert. Oh, okay. Helps. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've seen some of those already, so <laughs> I can't really <laughs> help you guys. <laughs> um, well, let's see. I obviously have the posters. Valentine's again appears to be an older couple for Hallmark Standard. So I'm going to say that that potentially is like the true story of Lisa Rinna's second marriage. Um, oh. But I don't know. I don't know for sure. But I'm guessing that maybe... Oh my God, this one actually sounds really exciting. We should watch it. I mean, it. that's what you said about this one too. So I know, that that's true. Go on. But go on. Listen to this, listen to this. No, the okay. Valentine's again, I'm. that one sounds good. Well, this says, a workaholic executive endures the worst Valentine's Day of her life. On her walk home, a gypsy weaves a magical spell on her. And when she wakes up the next morning, she realizes it's Valentine's Day again. Yep, it's like Groundhog's Day. <laughs> I want a gypsy. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Valentine's Groundhog's Day. I'm not against it. You know, like. Yeah. Hang on. When is it going to be on again? Oh, it's on Valentine's Day. Aw. I yeah, think yeah. I'm already taping that one. So I'm good. <laughs> no matter what happens on any of these movies, be it the something coming up, some of the preview, new previews, like Mix Up in the Mediterranean or Valentine's Day again. There's one thing we can guarantee for sure. They will fall in love. Tune in. We're, we haven't committed to watching another Valentine's one because this one left such a lovely taste in our mouth. However, <laughs> given that we wrote so much better of a movie, it's kind of tempting. We will continue to do some, we think, going forward. Maybe one per month or something. So we'll see how we go. But thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Bettina, for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had fun. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Anytime. Thank you for listening to Hallmarked Up. Find us online at hallmarkedup.com, on Instagram at Hallmarked Up, and on Facebook at Hallmarked Up with Mary and Sarah. Remember to follow, listen, and review wherever you get your podcasts.